Hello, welcome back to the Emerging Purpose podcast. It's been such a long time, I can't believe it's actually happening again. What's happening, people? Thank you for joining me. This is episode number three. Just had a little short two and a half year break. I think there's something, I think something was happening in the past couple of years that meant people weren't making podcasts. Very strange. Anyway, here we are. We're back. I'm happy. I'm feeling the love, feeling the connection with people, getting out there, wanting to talk about purpose, passion, eros, love, connection, interesting subjects. And who better than to bring us back uh, in this cold November 2022 than my good friend, Graham Campbell, or as he might be known in other circles, Dr. Graham Campbell. So let me tell you a little bit about him. He's a psychiatrist. He's working with DMT for the treatment um, of depression. And he also worked as an assistant guide on the Imperial Trials using psilocybin. That's where we met. He spent eight years, I believe, as a consultant psychiatrist at Millview uh, down here on the South Coast in Hove. And he is a very energetic guy. He's um, out there making things happen. He's, he was very instrumental in setting up the Brighton Psychedelic Integration Circle. There'll be a link in the show notes. So have a look at that. Brighton Psychedelics. He's also one of the mentors for the Institute of Psychedelic Studies. No, sorry, it's not called that. It's called the Institute of Psychedelic Therapy, the IPT. So there'll be a link to the IPT as well. And he's also a mentor for the Mind Foundation. I'll stick a link for that on there as well. He's also known as Joseph Hecht on Bandcamp. So uh, we start off the program with a little bit of his, uh, some of his tune tunes and uh throughout the interview i interspersed some of his music and i must say it's just brilliant stuff it's just properly banging so uh look forward to a little bit of that and um yeah the conversation we had i was very glad to talk to graham i mean we meandered all over the place but you know what that was quite an inspired conversation and I really hope that you feel a little bit of inspiration from it and uh, we might even do it again sometime. So um, I'll see you on the other side but enjoy this conversation with Dr. Graham Campbell. So listening to that track, you, you just, we just had to listen to. Yeah, amazing, man. So when did you you made? 
What did you call it? Oh. Uh, grey and wet in Aldi. <laughs> because I was in Aldi and it was really grey and wet. And there was something a little bit misanthropic about it. Just Aldi. Yeah. Um, I don't know, not, nothing, nothing about Aldi, but just, you know, everyone's, there was a bit of a sort of, I think one guy said it was just a bit of a free-for-all in there and everyone was just like... Going oh. for it. Yeah, it might have been the grey and wetness. It's so it. sort of dark and moody as well, at the moment anyway, isn't yeah. it? There's a dark moodiness around, so yeah. it kind of, yeah, I can see why you'd call it something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, let, let's have a look at your titles of your tracks. Because there's a, I was listening to your EP last night, Oh, yeah. uh, on Bandcamp, and I'll put links to this and everything. But um, but your your EP is called Some Things That Happened, and then you've got <laughs> tracks on there like Markov Blanket, Only Dappled Light, Tunnel Connection. We could count together. To just where do you come up with your titles? I don't know. I mean, I really I've tried to get into a creative creative process where I really don't think about it too much, because um, I think. When I was trying to make music initially, I mean, I've been trying to make music for 20 years or really? something. Yeah, like on and off and yeah. things falling by the wayside and life overtaking and, you know, like really sporadically until maybe four years ago, I thought, right, I need, I really want to do this. I yeah. just, I had this moment where I just thought like, I'm going to die at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, if I don't really give it a good go making music, then I'm going to be regretting that yeah you know i'm thinking i was sort of imagining looking back and thinking oh what what do i wish i'd done so anyway so i invested in loads of gear um oh, yeah i've seen your setup i mean uh, i mean you've got lots of toys to play with right lots of toys yeah and i've tried yeah yeah there's been a bit of gear lust that's been happening over the over the years um, and why not and what well finances oh <laughs> uh, yeah true credit well it's not all going on the you know uh, other sort of uh, i suppose well, I suppose not to say that, you know, going paragliding or sort of cycling yeah. around France isn't a bad thing, but, you know, that seems to be, that's your passion yeah. is the music. Yeah, yeah, it's not going on holidays or food for the family or <laughs> things like that. But no, no, it is, it is. It is. But, um, yeah, no, I think that's it. Yeah, I think it was just, you know, yeah, my passion for getting machines that make the sounds and have the sort of workflow that I wanted. Yeah. Um, but I definitely at one point realised, you know, I... I've got to, I think the thing that stopped me a lot of times and still does a little bit is a sense that I've got to produce something, I've got to finish it, I've got to make it something, I've got to really think about it. And so I kind of, I took the approach a few years back that I'm just going to, I'm just going to do what feels right in the moment and just do some jams. And if those jams feel like they can sort of be edited together into a track, then yeah. that's great. And then just don't think about it too so, much. And, so the, the sort of... Um yeah, the, the classic thing of like an artist getting too precious, yeah. you kind of get out beyond that or, or around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've, you've got, I've, so you don't, you sort of don't, like, don't let that gatekeeper of like perfection sort of stop yes. you. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Because I just overthink things, yeah. you know, a lot. Um, oh, I think I have a tendency to. And then, yeah, that, and I realized this recently when it comes to just, yeah, motivation, just, um, you know, thinking about something too much just stops me doing it yeah. and actually there's something to be said for just just doing it just don't think about it just do it that's it isn't it i mean it's a it's a strange thing the the um i mean i've been talking to a few people about this in terms of like what how how do you get your art out there mm. you know and actually or whatever it is that you do whether it's art or what or whatever you know but actually and and we all have this kind of internal sort of um 
is it? I suppose you could call it a kind of shame barometer. You know, like oh no, this is this is going to be embarrassing. This is going to be, yeah. you know, and we and to a certain level, you you kind of need that, right? Because yeah. you don't, you don't want to do yeah. embarrassing stuff in public. In public, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, yeah, yeah. I think that's what I've really tried to overcome actually because a lot of the times I you know I put out like a bit of music with a silly video and you know yeah. I just put it out and it's not really a track it's just a jam it's just a sound or whatever oh yeah you have those sort of videos where you where you've kind of got a background and then like all these figures dancing and, yeah. and then these really sort of mind-bending dark <laughs> tunes I hope they are <laughs> yeah you hope they are yeah yeah I mean that I mean that's the other thing to notice as well is like yeah I, I noticed with all your your output there's definitely a meaty darkness to them, right? Yeah. And there's something that draw. There's something about that that draws yeah. you to, to it, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. what what is that? What is what, oh, that's? I've. Do you know? I have. We haven't talked about this before the podcast, but I have been reflecting on that recently um, because I've always just liked music that's just got a little bit of an edge to it, a little bit sinister, a little bit. I mean, I suppose from late 90s listening to boards of canada mm -hmm. um they introduced a kind of spooky haunted element to electronic music something kind of nostalgic like childhood nightmare mm. kind of stuff and 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 so that yeah that's always i mean i, I consider boards of canada to, to be like the trunk of my musical tree really yes yeah, i'm i'm not um I don't really know. They're not in my kind of musical history, but oh. but I've you know I've I know that you've always spoken about them, and yeah. so I kind of get that sense that they're they're important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and actually, the roots of my musical tree, yeah, has been uh, War of the Worlds. Oh, really? Yeah, Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds. Because <laughs> oh, wow. I think like when we were when we went I, we went on holidays as kids, and my parents would always play that in the car. Yeah, and you know I used to like play games about it and you know but it's spooky as hell like really i don't have you have you listened to it um i can't particularly remember listening to it it's no weird. i mean i've seen the film obviously oh, like years yeah. and years ago listen but listen to jeff wayne's war of the world jeff it's, wayne's war of the world yeah right. it's like a sort of rock opera yeah but war of the worlds it's just really really eerie some great Is tracks it? but like yeah some some sound design in there that i think there's led to me liking Orteca and Balls of Canada and these kind of things. It just seems like it's it's maybe influenced me. Um, but yeah, but the, the darkness, I think... I think... I, I remember in 2006 just pulling up to the psychiatric hospital where I was working as a trainee, mm -hmm. listening to some Venetian snares. Oh, Venetian that, snares, that is a name I recognise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At full, wow. like, full pelt in the car, just yeah. thinking... This is really, really dark and messed up. Um, why do I do this to myself? Interesting. But, but there's something. I think. I think. I think there's something of a, yeah, shadowy, shadow thing. Like a, you know, most of my, most of my life, I suppose, I try to, you know, make it as pleasant and as warm as possible. But well, then there's just something that needs I mean, to it's be expressed. In, it's interesting that you say. You know, I mean, we we've started the conversation with your music. You know, but obviously, you know your your sort of main career uh, drive if you like is bit is a psychiatrist right yeah you're a psychiatrist and and so it's interesting to hear that you you turned up at millview in brighton and kind of you're listening to venetian so you're going on to a psych ward yeah where where people's 
sort of mental health is you know people having in spiritual emergency people are kind of out there having psychotic breaks whatever yeah and so you're you're working quite a dark world yeah uh uh, and trying to, and obviously trying to stay grounded and sane yourself. So I wonder if there's some. I wonder if there's something a link there in terms of, you know, the, the needing to, to to make it make that dark world like, I don't know, palatable or, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think, you can't be, you can't, you know, escape the darkness, I suppose, working in men- mental health. Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, quite naturally what comes up in some of the more severe mental illnesses is behaviour and emotions and, uh, you know, feelings and, and stuff that puts people at odds with the community yeah. and themselves and family and, you know, the the, the, the things that are really, uh, really difficult, I suppose. You know, it can be... Well, self-destruction, it can be destruction mm-hmm. all around as well. And so if all of that was, you know, if, the, if it was just good stuff that came up, maybe I'm stating the obvious here, but if it was good stuff that came up, it wouldn't kind of cause a problem. But yeah, yeah. It, it is about, you know, the stuff that's really difficult, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. But maybe, I mean, I often thought that maybe I'm sort of drawn to some of that and always... Well, it, I mean, it takes a certain type of person, doesn't it, to be able to... I mean, I remember in my... Uh, you know, psychotherapy training. Uh, we, I had to spend something like a hundred hours on a on a forensic psych ward. Yeah. And to be honest, I wouldn't choose to do that as a as a career. Yeah. As a you know, as a, I, I wouldn't want to be doing that every day. But it but it was fascinating in terms of being part of a a team and being able to and being allowed to kind of go in and and offer support. Mm. But um. But yeah, I was kind of thinking, wow, this takes a certain type of mental. Um, well, I mean, I suppose also, you know, the thing is, we met on the on the training for the Silodep to yeah. uh, Imperial um, study for psilocybin for depression um, treatment resistant depression. You know, and one thing that kind of comes through, one of the phrases that always came through from that training was, uh, and always st- and still does in the psychedelic world, is like in and through, right? Mm, mm. So in some ways, there's something in that, isn't there? It's like, yeah. let's go into the darkness and through it. Absolutely. Or in and whatever, you know. Absolutely. I was always really inspired by Carl Jung and, mm-hmm. and read, you know, as much as I'd sort of read of his stuff, probably in the early 2000s, um and just that idea that your unconscious mind is a is in sort of counterbalance yeah you know, there's that sort of balance that equilibrium with your conscious mind um and that that concept of the shadow and that that's where everything's kind of pushed and suppressed and pushed down it's relatively things. new in human history really isn't it i mean yeah. like you know it's like oh oh what we have an unconscious yeah what, what are you talking about it's witchcraft how, how dare you suggest such a thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's funny that there's still debate about it as well. Yeah, you know, right. That, and, I mean, I suppose some of the debate is, is sort of whether they're, whether it's sort of... I mean, maybe it's established that it doesn't really... The unconscious mind isn't really a place, so it's not really a part of uh-huh. your mind. You can't locate it. Uh-huh. But, of course, you can't be conscious of everything. You know, you can't be conscious of of everything that's going on in your mind because I mean you know, I was always fascinated by dreams yeah and that's really I think 
maybe from about the age of oh my goodness how old maybe 12 13 yeah. i think that's where i started to realize that i had a mind and it was doing weird things at night yeah. and um, <laughs> you know what was that all about and so so i think dreams were was was one of the things that really kind of uh led me down the path towards psychiatry mm-hmm. and 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 psychotherapy to an extent although i'm not a trained th- psychotherapist but always been kind of fascinated yeah and yeah, reading reading Freud when I was too young and didn't understand. Really? Bit, yeah. Well, so you've had that fascination. It's been there. Yeah, mid yeah. in my mid teens, I tried to read Freud. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't really get it at no. all. I was just like, what? You know, I, maybe <laughs> I needed to do an A level in psychology first, or at least just you know grow up a little bit. But yeah, and then sort of reading Jung and just yeah that concept of 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 the unconscious and and the shadow. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I think yeah without this being a, th- a therapy session. Sure. You know, I think certainly working in the, in the psychedelic field and having kind of had Jung, Jungian analysis for a number of years as well, I think just that, that idea of making making peace and getting, getting in touch with the darkness in some ways. Absolutely. Well, it, this is the thing, isn't it? And it's, this is what we see, I mean, my, you know, uh, we see in the world is like, I think when we don't do that, then then you see these things acted out yeah. you know through war and oppression and yeah, all the yeah. dark things that do happen in the in the world absolutely you know so if we can look at that in the kind of you know there's the bigger macro scale then actually that's happening inside of us as well right yeah. so yeah yeah so uh, you know i totally see my job as a psychotherapist as like irrigating the unconscious it's like we're not going to you know, we can't, it's it's very arrogant to think that we're ever going to, you know, sometimes when I hear that phrase like shadow work or whatever, I get a little bit like, hmm, it's a bit slightly, I mean, I, th- I get it, but it's a kind of sense that, oh yeah, we can just go into your shadow and have a look mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. clean it all up kind of thing. But yeah. I don't think that's what it is. I think yeah. it's more like it's there and and there are, there are uh, it's a little bit like building t- uh, digging tunnels through and allowing irrigating it through into the conscious so it can come through so irrigation as in channels i mean i'm thinking of like is that channels watering fields yeah kind of thing just the yeah. making those channels into where growth can happen exactly so it's all the nice. so on a very basic simple level it feels like anything that you kind of think that you're not mm. you probably do have you probably could be so 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 it's a yeah. so there's potential in the shadow always yeah trying to be manifested through yeah, you absolutely you know yeah and uh, yeah that makes me think of sitting in the car listening to the venetian snares going into the darkness yeah the, the, the most gritty disturbing and some of his stuff is really kind of hateful <laughs> so right it's just you know yeah really so he's aggressive. irrigating 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 yeah yeah let absolutely. it out yeah yeah. And you see it, you don't, you, I mean, you go to these, you know, you see people, this is why people love going to music gigs and or raves or whatever, isn't yeah. it? It's like, let's just, like, move to it and yeah. get it through. And, yeah, mosh. Yeah, mosh. <laughs> I've never really been in a mosh pit, not properly. I don't think I have either. I mean, maybe at a Pogues concert once, but... Oh, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what sort of half Kaylee, half mosh kind of... <laughs> Well, I don't think there was much Kaylee involved at a post concert. It was more, mo- yeah, definitely more, more mosh and staggering. Yeah, but um, I'm, I'm a I'm a pogues. I'm naive to pogues, to a degree. Right. Well, that I suppose that was my my uh, 16 year old first yeah. gig at the Brighton uh, Brixton Academy. Oh, it's just nice. crazy. But yeah. Well, I yeah. think about it with death metal and black metal. I've got yeah. a family member 
who uh, is like incredible, incredible guitarist. Um, but yeah, he's in a band where you know everyone sort of you know, dresses up as like you know. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know what the right way to describe it, but I suppose it's like yeah, makeup, real gothy, real yeah, zombie yeah. kind of, and the 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 song titles are like horrific. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think about some of the most chilled out people I've known. Yeah, and I think back to you know school as well. Some of the nicest people. Yeah. Love really dark. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Death metal. Yeah. It's true, isn't it? They kind of because they've kind of maybe because, again because of that thing we're talking about is like mm. because they're facing some sort of dark. They're not trying to be all sort of sanitized and yeah. clean and yeah. like not going to the darkness. And then yeah, there's yeah. all the uh, and then there's all this kind of unprocessed stuff. Yeah, you know. So they're actually kind of yeah. looking at it and feeling it and mosh, moshing it out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Those irrigation channels are being being formed and yeah, yeah. I think yeah, expressing it and maybe cathartically yeah. kind of yeah, living it. Um, yeah so yeah. take me back because I think we're, we're going quite we're, I mean I'm loving this but I'm sort of for the listener I'm sort of um, <laughs> interested to hear a little bit more about your what like so you you mentioned a little bit about like you got into Freud and Jung and and but what what was it what took what what took you into psychiatry what was the journey that's a really really Good question. I mean, I think, yeah, again, it started with dreams. Um, I had an uncle who's a psychiatrist. I still have uh-huh. an uncle who so was in the family. Yeah, yeah. So I I think, I mean, I think he, he the impression I got was that he always wanted to put me off doing psychiatry. Um, Good way but, to make you follow it. I yeah, suppose. maybe I was going to get more and more interested. But I mean, I think, I think I, I was always, yeah, dreams, thinking about my mind, um, kind of wanting to understand things probably from a very top-down, you know, geeky, intellectual kind of way. Yeah. And a lot of my, I think a lot of my life up until probably, this might be fair to say, I think up until discovering psychotherapy um, as a trainee, trying to deliver it yeah. under with supervision, a lot of my life I suppose I've thought like, yeah, I probably, you know, I probably was very top-down and very kind of intellectual about it. Uh-huh. Um, so trying to understand it I mean certainly in my late teens um, I, had, I had a really bad road accident so I had to take some time out did you? yeah 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 yeah. I didn't know that about you yeah I'm full of metal I've got really? A, yeah I've got two metal plates and 18 screws in my legs wow yeah yeah so, so I, that was yeah that was a big that was a big thing so I had to I had to take some time out I mean, I nearly had to repeat my last year of A-levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I managed to scrape that. But I still had to take some time out before university. So I did an A-level in psychology um, at the local college yeah. um, as well. And so so I kind of got interested in that. And then So that was all while you were recovering from this accident? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So I didn't really walk for a year, actually, after this accident. Oh, my God. So, That's yeah. like a big thing at that age. Yeah, to be kind of suddenly immobile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought being in a wheelchair was going to be great, but it wasn't. No. <laughs> so and I didn't have to use a wheelchair a lot, but I did use it a bit at school. It makes sense. Like again, we're talking about the dark. You know, when we're talking about the darkness, mm. though, it's like it's. I mean, thing that's happened to you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's not. It's, yeah. Again, not about being a therapy session or whatever, but yeah, it's just to yeah, no, notice no. that is like, well, that's. Not us- That's not an unusual yeah. teenage experience. Absolutely. Well, I'm happy to talk about it because, I mean, I think it was last year 
was the 25 year anniversary of it and mm. for some reason that just felt you know I, usually time passes without years pass without me really thinking about it and I don't like to kind of acknowledge anniversaries necessarily because right. otherwise it just you know I feel like it perpetuates things uh-huh. but but um but yeah usually around sort of October time when the the weather is a certain way yeah. you know I think it kind of brings back memories of it um but last year it kind of it really kind of came up or just yeah really thinking about thinking about that and I think it was it was quite a dark time yeah. you know in lots of ways and uh, you know I nearly nearly had to repeat the year it took me out from like you know friends I mean I had friends that came to visit and stuff while yeah I, but you're away I, from your your social circle yeah 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 absolutely yeah lots and lots of pain and yeah. uh so yeah and, and yeah a number of operations I think maybe like seven, seven or nine operations something like that just to try and because my I nearly I nearly lost my right lower leg Did actually you? in this in this thing yeah, yeah. so so um but yeah, so so how did we get there? So oh yeah, oh then, the darkness, yeah, the darkness, yeah, 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 yeah. the darkness. But, but 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 yeah, but you were kind of saying you, you were on the on your route to psychiatry. So that I mean, that sounds like part of it, part the, the, a very important part of your journey. I think it probably was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it certainly was a, in some ways really useful because you know I was I had all this experience of being a patient and uh-huh. getting a sense of what good care looked like yes um and how it was delivered from different members of a team and was it um generally yeah yeah yeah, there was some there was yeah some really awful nurses but some amazing nurses yeah Yeah, there were some doctors that were great and some that weren't so great right i suppose you know being on the receiving end it just gave me such a an experience of what it's like to be vulnerable and receiving care and yeah um, so what were and what worked yeah actually having a cute human touch oh absolutely yeah 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 the people that just had a human touch you know it's just yeah made such a difference yeah to, you know the people that kind of swept in swept out yeah yeah gave yeah. you a few bits of information you're another patient yeah kind of on the list yeah exactly that sort of personalized approach yeah. um so yeah so i think that and yeah i was interested in in psychology psychotherapy um and then i i went to med school i think from the very beginning with an idea that I was probably going to be a psychiatrist and even though every single specialty I did in my clinical years I was thinking oh that's not so bad you know maybe I'll I think one day I wanted to be a surgeon um, <laughs> and my take-home message from my uh, medical school time in surgery was just how colorful we are inside like you know just watching operations and just being, oh, really? I did learn more than that but yeah 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 but that was yeah kind of a bit like wow we're we're a rainbow inside yeah <laughs> it's amazing how colorful we are yeah. um so yeah so through med school i think i just always had this um this desire to go into into psychiatry yeah um, So it was. I mean, I so in, I was at Millview from 
2011 to 2020. Right. Um, sort of continuously. And then before that, little bits of time in my training at Millview. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, on a, so a consultant psychiatrist on an inpatient ward for 12... Wow. No, eight years. Eight yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but I suppose my interest in psychedelics started before med school, I suppose. And, and that okay. was in, I can think back, I suppose, to the psychology A-level because it cropped up in, in psychology A-level just a little bit occasionally. I think maybe there was one teaching session where, or maybe in the psychology textbook where it talked about, you know, psychedelics being used as a model for psychosis back in the 50s 60s yes. or something like that yeah yeah um and i don't think it said very much about clinical applications it was weird it just kind of said you know this was a model for psychosis it was a psychotomimetic or something um, well, it was that, that was at the sort of time when sandals were kind of just sending it out right yeah You'd kind of go yeah like see what you can make of this yeah exactly <laughs> what was that the fifth was that the 50s in the 50s yeah 50s. Yeah. So, so, but you know, but none of it was really touched on very much in the psychology textbook. It was just like uh-huh. it's like psychosis, and people were using it to try and understand psychosis. And yeah. um, and then I remember seeing uh, some footage. I mean, when I was in my late teens, I remember having one day where I got really upset that I didn't live in the nineteen sixties. Like I got, I was really sad. Like but just why is that? Because I suppose I, I was watching this documentary about Woodstock and uh, yeah. probably hearing my parents, you know, they always kind of revered. I mean, they they weren't they weren't teenagers in the six. Well, no, they were teenagers in the, by the late sixties. So yeah, yeah, talking about the music and the spirit of the sixties. Yeah, so it's kind of this time, this beautiful time of yeah, freedom and absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I know, I know, it's a sort of. Um, it's probably a little exaggerated and you know everyone yeah but it wasn't. is I can see why you would yeah. you know it's like oh oh, this great time that's kind of seems to have gone absolutely yeah and, I mean, and now I look at the 90s and I think oh it wasn't yeah, so bad yeah we had our own 60s it was, yeah it was good <laughs> 90s were good in, you know but maybe you don't recognise it at the time I think so well I don't know and I, and I think it was recognised and, it, and it's interesting to think I wonder what, when the next one's coming. Yeah. Or is it here? It's got to be coming. It's got to it be. Feels on its like way. it's coming. It's feel like that. It's got to be a revolution of some type, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. There's got to be some release. Yeah. <coughs> but yeah. From the madness. Yeah. yeah. So I was watching Woodstock footage um, on telly, and you know there was reference to LSD. Yeah. And you know the LSD that I was reading about in the psychology textbook as being all about psychosis and all that sort of stuff and. People looked like they were having a good time yep. <laughs> on LSD. And so I suppose I had this curiosity uh, at that time. And I remember saying to my dad, I think even before I before I knew about psychedelic drugs, I said to my dad, oh, it'd be great if you could dream while you were awake. Um, wow. And I think Profound. he found. Yeah, just because I was so into dreaming and I was kept a dream journal for years and I was just like so into it and just wanting to kind of understand the weirdness of it all Mm -hmm. and how my mind was doing that so I think my dad looked at me a bit worried (laughs) sort of worried we've got one here yeah exactly (laughs) so um so yeah I suppose that's kind of where my interest came and then yeah my first year of medical school I was reading books about well Tim Leary's autobiography and talking about the therapeutic use and ah so it was all it was all kind of going alongside this interest yeah there was the sort of medical model but also your own sort of uh, personal interest in or, or curiosity in yeah. this kind of yeah. revolution of the 60s with LSD and absolutely. the rest of it. Absolutely. I mean, all I, all I needed was to just hear a few accounts of yeah. you know, LSD experiences to be like, what 
you know is going on here it's like dreaming while you're awake yeah um and then yeah reading books about that there was one particular book i read uh the ecstatic imagination which just it was uh oh what was it i I never remember the subtitle but it was something like uh psychedelics and the psychoanalysis of self-actualization terms of like your i mean i know you can't talk about the oh, yeah, actual no, I, details I, of the study but yeah, you can talk absolutely. about what you're doing right yeah absolutely absolutely so so after we worked together as assistant guides on the psilocybin trial which was from 2018 to 2020 mm-hmm. um i put out the feelers to uh, imperial college and said you know if you need a psychiatrist let me know and i wasn't rushing to to leave my job in the nhs because i did enjoy it mm-hmm. um but yeah so eventually long story short I was kind of uh, offered a, a post as a trial psychiatrist with a DMT for depression trial. So DMT, and for those people that don't really know about DMT, what would I mean? What would be the the elevator pitch? The elevator pitch. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so DM, DMT is a, a short-acting psychedelic drug. Um, it's a little bit like, I suppose it's closest, I would say, to psilocybin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always think about it like this, that if you take a full, the full power of a high-dose psilocybin experience... As in magic mushrooms. Magic mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. or the, the, the active uh, substance in magic mushrooms, yeah. psilocybin, yeah. Yeah, if you take the, the full duration of that and the full power of that and you squeeze it into about 30 minutes or mm-hmm. 20 minutes... Wow. Uh, 20 to 30 minutes, then not losing any of the, the force of it um, and the power of it, then that would be a sort of DMT mm. experience. And so so classically with DMT, and it all depends on dosage, um, it can take you into a space where you lose contact with your body, mm-hmm. uh, where you feel like you're immersed in a very different reality. So it can be profoundly reality shifting. Um, and what we've been doing is a phase one trial with healthy volunteers to kind of try and get the dose right mm-hmm. and um, work out what dose would be most useful for the phase two trial for people with depression. People with depression, yeah. Um, and so it's really the, 
it's really the sort of very very early days and just yeah. seeing whether there's any benefit from it but um, isn't this just incredible that we've come we're here now i mean obviously you know there was a, a, a big prohibition on study and research and yeah. you know but as you said it has been going on from you know the, i mean you know if you talk about mushrooms actually they've been around for obviously you know there are kind of sort of arguments that they were the things that in you know made the world the world in some ways like spores traveling through space you know and all these kind of like out <laughs> yeah. there ideas yeah but um but the use of these substances you know coming back in in this way is quite incredible right and the, and you being at the sort of vanguard of that it's like here we are right yeah. let's let's have a look at these we're suddenly allowed to look at this stuff again yeah that is incredible isn't it yeah and and i i really sort of i you know everything sort of becomes fairly normal i suppose when you're working in something and you're doing something all the time it sort of starts to become yeah. like oh this is just mine because our minds habituate you know yeah. you can't be like amazed and so it's just you going to work every day yeah. and doing that exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that's not to downplay how interesting the work is and sure. how great it is to work with with the teams we work with and yeah the people we work with and the patients you know and and yeah and the the nature of the experiences and the, and all of the all of that good stuff and sometimes i have to sort of just take a step back and go oh yeah like you say what that yeah. how is this happening this is this is incredible that we're able to do this again yeah um and explore this you know and i sometimes have to think well you know even if it doesn't turn out the way we want it even if there is right you right. know if it if it shows you know if, it, if we if, it, if we don't get the outcomes we want you know um as long as you know people haven't been harmed in the process yeah it's it's still incredible that we're doing this and in in a way it's like i mean this is kind of clinical research but also consciousness research it's, absolutely it's uh it's well that's so good that you say that because it's you know this is what's been going on isn't it it's like for for years actually you're right it's like if we change our consciousness and we can uh, we can kind of self uh do, do these self experiments mm. then actually you know what 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 happens where where what is going on i mean especially with dmt some of the some of the kind of trip reports if you like or um I think David Luke's sort of edited a book on it, isn't he? He'll put a book together around it, like the entities of DMT. He's yeah, yeah. absolutely incredible in terms of like yeah. these experiences that are happening for people taking DMT all different times and places across the world, but yeah. come back with similar reports around entities. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. do you know any more? Could you say any more about that? Or yeah, it's fascinating. There was a good there was a good discussion actually between. Uh, Jordan Peterson and Dennis McKenna uh-huh. recently on YouTube, which okay. I definitely recommend. I mean, I'm, I don't have, I don't have strong views about Jordan Peterson. Um, he's not somebody I've followed, or you know, it's mm-hmm. like he's, he's he's a bit persona non grata in some quarters. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. but you know, as an interviewer and as a discussion, I thought, wow, Jordan Peterson and Dennis McKenna, they just didn't seem to yeah fit. go go well <laughs> together. But it's a good discussion, and they talk. I'll about, put the link on the in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, and I, I was drawn in because it, they they talk about DMT entities, do and, they? And and I suppose gnosis and just kind of ways of ways of no, I think that's the right word, but just ways of knowing, you know, and kind of what's real and 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 all of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, DMT entities, just it's it's absolutely remarkable. Um, yeah. And 
as we talk, I've just got, you know, thoughts popping up about some of the work we've done and like yeah. the, the people we've worked with and their experience of entities. And um, probably it's, it's, it's fair to say that DMT doesn't always give you entities. No, well, that, I, I know that from personal experience. Yeah, yeah. I've never experienced entities. Right. You know. yeah. But yeah. I've certainly, um, I mean, you know, an interesting, I, I've got a friend who is kind of very, he's gone quite deep into DMT. Mm. And um, I've always been a little bit like, oh my God, what, you've met who? What happened? You know, it's kind yeah. of like, wow. You yeah. know, that's, that's he sort of popped through into other universes where there's kind of little machine elves and yeah, yeah. all sorts of things going on. But But the last time I remember talking to him, he was saying, we were talking about dementia. We were having this sort of chat about dementia and about kind of what it could be and what it is and... And anyway, he sort of said, uh, oh, yeah, well, interesting. And then he went to take, he sort of went to have a uh, inhale of this, this, this DMT. And as he went in, he said, what happened was the kind of, this kind of spirit of dementia came to him and went, you want to know about dementia? And sort of started to come towards him. And this, and this, this little entity came out from sort of nowhere and said, come here, quick, 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 come here, come here, come here, come here. And you had to run wow. and get, go beyond this other thing and sort of that, you know. And it's like, I mean, you're hearing that, you just think, oh my God, like the power of the mind or whatever, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, but actually, yeah. you know. That's incredible. Isn't it just? That is incredible. I mean, it kind of gets the hairs on your back. Yeah. I just want to... <laughs> dwell on that for a minute <laughs> just think about that for a minute that seemed that's remarkable but, so i wondered what what did what did he make of it like or how does it how does he conceptualize entities well i mean good question because I, I you know um i think what what he's very clear about is that uh whenever you're you know going into these sort of uh, you know changing your consciousness in this way that if anything comes to you um saying the i am the one follow me i I have the power you know then he always questions it yeah you know because like well actually no you're here in my psyche so i I, i'm not just going to hand over my power to you yeah i need to know who you are yeah. and what, and can you state your intention? Yeah, this is my house you're in. This is my house you're in, exactly. <laughs> you know, so I mean, obviously, with this sort of that experience of like, oh, dementia's coming to get you. Yeah. Then he, I think he thought, oh my god, I'm going to trust this. You know, I trust this uh, this entity because he's because he's had experiences with these sort of machine elves before, where they kind of said, yeah. yeah, this way, this, you know, and sort of led him, and he didn't find them kind of um, to be wanting to lead him astray or yeah, you know yeah. but he's had other things where it's like uh sort of quetzalcoatl you know the kind of aztec god yeah you know there was a whole thing around the sort of mayan calendar where it was sort of saying you know in 2012 or something you know all these spirits are going to kind of ascend and yeah <laughs> you know and actually his his experience of that was that quetzalcoatl came to him and said you know you are one of the chosen ones Sort of thing, and he said, "Well, you know, I'm not so sure about that. You know, yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't really kind of put my faith in yeah. the fact that it's like you're telling me that I'm chosen. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I need to question that." And Quetzalcoatl said, "Well, and so are many others. You know, so, oh, okay. so it was a kind of there was an answer back, like you know, right. you're, you're one of." There's Maybe. a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of chosen ones. Yeah, yeah. I did say one of the chosen ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
but it's just so fascinating yeah, yeah, i just find the whole thing i suppose the other question i i know we've kind of gone off into that realm but it's there's something about dmt in the brain already right yeah do you know yeah. much about that yeah well the, the the idea that it just exists or is excreted by the pineal gland i think is big things have moved on a little bit from that, have they? Okay. that concept and um and I think that's not to say it's not in the pineal gland, but I think it's also well. There is even a theory that it's possible that DMT is actually a neurotransmitter in the brain. Ah, um, and I, I haven't. I mean, I, I'd read a paper some time back about um, how they have established. I think that it exists in the brain of. I think this is humans or certainly mammals, and that's just by the presence of two particular enzymes that if if they occur together, it's highly likely that mm. in the in the metabolic pathway of serotonin or something, DMT can be produced. Um, mm-hmm. But they sort of some researchers have estimated that it might be as prevalent in the brain as neurotransmitters like serotonin. Wow, which is incredible. But then, mm. serotonin is actually only present in the brain in incredibly small amounts because neurotransmitters like GABA and glutamate which kind of all over the cortex of your brain and do a lot of the you know stop start kind of excitation inhibition Mm. those are like really ubiquitous but actually serotonin and dopamine they kind of exist in little tracts Ah. like small pathways and they just modulate everything else they're like branching out into the brain interesting yeah so DMT if it if it is as there as much as serotonin that's still a remarkable thing Mm -hmm. um and then there's the question, if it is there, why? What's it doing? Mm. Is it doing anything? Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, I could um, go on about that for a while. But. Well, I mean, it is a fascinating, it's such a fascinating area, you know, and I suppose, you know, I guess coming back to the kind of um, our overarching theme of, you know, this podcast, I guess, is, is about purpose, really. Mm. And, you know, and what I'm really interested in and uh, is... You know, like, and I can suppose I can hear it in your history. It's like, well, how you've come to this. It's, it's, it's always been a fascination of yours. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I thought about this. And when I, when I uh, you know, you gave me the invite to come and talk about purpose, I was kind of thinking, thinking a lot about, you know, motivation and what, you know, what drives me. And, yeah. and I think so often that's obscured, you know, it's like really difficult to know, yeah. you know, like pin down why yeah. this is about delving into your own unconscious a little yeah. bit as well, isn't it? Just kind of knowing what your motivations are for it, you know, certain things. But fairly recently I, re- I felt like I really pinned it down to curiosity. Um, nice. I think for me, I've always just been really, really curious and mm. asking loads of questions and just wanting to understand everything. Again, probably from like a real heady perspective a lot of my life, you know, and kind of really feel like I need to suss out right. what's going on and, you know, understand things or get like a a map or a... Interesting. Know, for, for reality or yeah, like yeah. just a, a, a good user's guide for reality. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, curiosity, I think, has, has driven me a lot. Um, and then I've always just, yeah, I've always just been really yeah. super curious. Yeah, I suppose also like the the other thing. I mean, what I, what you know, the the feeling I get about purpose is that actually it's a bit of a kind of misleading. It can be a bit misleading. You know, I called my practice emerging purpose, mm. and I sort of wish I hadn't. Okay. And the reason why that is is because I think when people are not 
in line with their pur- with their purpose. They think that actually, oh, if I can go and talk to someone, or if I can kind of work out what the thing is that I'm really, pa- you know, that yeah. I'm that I'm that's that's going to happen, then then I'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. You know, and actually, it doesn't. What I've noticed is it's not really like that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's actually. Yeah. You know, I've spent a lot of time in my... You know, we live obviously much longer these days. I think we have probably quite a few existential crises in our lives. You know, mm-hmm. like we have the sort of midlife crisis, the mm-hmm. probably one before midlife and, and maybe one later. I don't know. Who knows? But there, there may be a few on the... Yeah. You know, um, and I think, you know, even hearing about your experience as a kid going through the sort of long, dark night of the soul type experience where it's like suddenly you're taken away from your friends and your peers and put in yeah. a lot of pain and having to yeah. be in hospital you know you could argue that that needed to happen for you it's a fu- yeah and to make you who you are yeah right yeah. and to be someone yeah. who is so curious yeah. i mean the thing that i notice about you just being in lots of whatsapp groups with you and different you know kind of modulate music and there's different you know areas that we sort of uh, uh, you know connect yeah lots of different areas you're very um prolific in your sort of output or of connection right you know and it's such a wonderful thing to have someone like that around because it keeps the energy flowing (laughs) you know yeah yeah. and it's sort of how do you where do you get your energy yeah yeah well some of that is probably phone addiction it's phone addiction (laughs) well i mean not entirely but well because we have the we have the it's just there all the time and you know i kind of yeah no i I, i'm probably doing it down a little bit i think well it's my thoughts were just pinging off as you were talking then those are loads of different things um but where did we uh so so like how uh, oh yeah 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 okay so with my road accident, I definitely, from for a, for a big part of my life, adult life, I thought I wouldn't want to go through that again, but I wouldn't change it. Yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I only recently am I sort of having to do physiotherapy to sort of try and mm-hmm. kind of correct what you know happened to my my leg. Actually, mm-hmm. my physio said that like I've only got. Forty percent power in my right leg, and I've mm-hmm. just been compensating for that for ages. So right. I'm, so, I feel like maybe yeah, after twenty five years, I'm starting to have to kind of deal with that a little bit. Um, so there's problems that result from it, but at the same time, I've I've always looked back and thought, you know, and with other tragedies in my life, that I think, well, that's a part of my story, yeah, um, and the story of the people around me in in all these various mm-hmm. events, but. You know, this is a part of, yeah, it's a part of my story. Things could be really different if that hadn't happened, you know. Yeah. And, and even with, you know, with, with bad things that happen now, I I, I try and think, you know, there's, you know, I'm not somebody who necessarily believes that everything's mapped out and that there's a fate and that there's, you know, there's, because I think there's, you know, wonderful chaos in the world and in life yeah. and that, you know, but it's about finding a path through that chaos in a way that gives mm. that's useful and that helps with the next time that the chaos happens you know i suppose and you know surfing it in a way that surfing the chaos surfing the chaos wow i love that there's a book called surfing the uncertainty which is uh really? which is i recommend by andy clark but um uh yeah surfing the chaos you know and sort of staying afloat you know and i think yeah there's a number of things i just think th- things wouldn't be wouldn't 
probably wouldn't be the same and I wouldn't be the same person exactly. if I hadn't have gone through that yeah. you know, really challenging experience. Um you know, and if and with with even minor disappointments, like, you know, we were gonna go to Germany in the summer but then we had a passport issue and our whole holiday was right like, oh, family holiday we were turned back at the boarding gate at gatwick and oh it was no just, like, awful it took us a a while to come through that yeah. but disappointment you know, disappointment the... yeah there was something about yeah leaning in holding lightly accepting you know Ooh, yeah um but doing that as a family it was it was quite a challenge but um but you never know what might have happened you know we could have gone to germany and something awful might have happened you just don't know mm-hmm. um so i think there's yeah something about trusting trusting sounds like. tr- yeah trusting the process <laughs> um of life but yeah 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 i think i think um yeah these things are can be quite useful yeah um, Yeah, and coming back to the sort of, I suppose, the curiosity and this idea of like purpose and and you know, I think it's a nice, it's a really nice way to think about it. And and let's be curious about what's happening, Mm. you know, because even so now when I get clients who turn, you know, like they want to find their purpose, I'm like, well, what's it like being in an existential crisis? Yeah, you know, yeah, let's sit in that for a while. Yeah, and then you know, because we're all we're so geared in this society. Yeah to be full of purpose and be yeah. and if you're not you're depressed yeah you know quotation yeah. marks it's like well that's a kind of very good catch-all name for um something that you know we might be going through these rites of passage in our lives yeah, yeah. we might be needing this time of reflection you know i'm i'm sort of the thing that comes to mind is uh, you know ros watts is sort of acer uh you know the, the, this uh acer integration uh idea around actually you know let's get in tune with the cycles of the year yeah like like, you know why do humans kind of get to like step back from being seasonal or 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 having times when we kind of everything dies back yeah and then in the spring it not to say that that kind of comes in time with the seasons but you know um but then, then new thoughts and buds start to shoot through, and the sap rises, and it's like, oh, here, here I am again. Yeah, I'm back, yeah. and I've got, I've got this new sense of vigor and ideas yeah. and energy, and absolutely, you know, what I like about emerging purpose is that it's emerging. It's yeah, not emerging. like it's not like um, you know, massive quest for purpose, well, or like it. you know, elbow your way 
you know, into yeah. finding purpose <laughs> yeah, yeah. or like, you know, you've got to find it now. Find it now, otherwise yeah. you're useless. Exactly, yeah. I think there's something about the emergence. Um, That's it. And, you know, settling into something, allowing things to happen, allowing and being in connection with exactly. natural rhythms and, you know, the rhythms of your body. I mean, I say this as somebody who probably is, you know, many, many years not done this incredibly well, like, you know, living in my head and... Yeah. And just yep. thinking all, all the all the I musts and the shoulds and all of the the structures that we that we build around our lives in this kind of artificially lit uh, human environment that we've created for ourselves that takes yeah. us out of connection with I don't know our natural state. Yeah. Um, yeah. Drinking caffeine endlessly yeah. to keep yeah. yourself productive. Like, no, and the adrenal system. And, yeah. Bo- keep borrowing from tomorrow's adrenal absolutely, system. Absolutely. There's so many ways in which we we are not connected with our deeper selves and our, our bodies and our biological selves. And yeah. um I think it's uh yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a mission to to do that. But it, but a lot of it is about letting things drop away. And I think you're right. Yeah. And maybe that takes us kind of almost a kind of full circle as well back to, you know, because what that reminds me of is music. Yeah. You know, like the sort of the most touching and beautiful music sometimes is the space. Yeah. In between, you know, it's like someone said to me last night, it's been interesting because I've been um, learning how to use production software Ableton. Yeah. I've sort of been going to have lessons in it, right? Oh, cool. So, so a friend of mine said, oh, look, here, take this song. And like go and use that to go and you know learn Ableton or whatever and do what you do whatever you want with it. Right, one of their songs. One of their songs. Oh, cool. So I thought, great, all right, I will. And and actually, w- what happens is when you're playing with software like that, and suddenly you've got that invitation to do whatever you want, and and actually learning kind of what this stuff can, what this software can do. Yeah. It's like oh, I'm going to throw everything at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what happens with that? I think, and this is what he, this is what my friend said last night. He said it becomes kind of, um, sort of very professionally amateur. Oh, okay. <laughs> because it's because you're just trying to fill every every little space with yeah. a noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So coming back to your point is like things drop when you, you know, this the most beautiful music sometimes is just when it's like let's just let it let it let there be space yeah you absolutely. Know? and i think you're right it's like life yeah absolutely it makes me think of uh the music of nils from oh really uh, some right. of his some of his piano stuff um Ooh, i can't wait to have listen to that yeah it's almost like it's so delicate and there's so much space and you know there's lots of i suppose there's lots of reverb and the way it's all mic'd up is like the prepared piano and like microphones in it all around and you can almost hear him breathing as he's playing you know it's just like exquisite in the space that's created um but yeah i mean ableton (laughs) we could talk about that as a whole other podcast yeah yeah but (laughs) but ableton i think that's one of the reasons i mean i've getting more into using ableton and trying to master music mastering yeah. yeah all the mixing and mastering and and it's so e- yeah, like you say, it's so easy to just. A lot of my productions are, a li- are quite, I don't know, full. And but I've only recently realised how much I, in previous recordings, I've just been trying to like compress and crank everything to the max. All right. And then at the end, you're left with this kind of mushy, right. like just <laughs> overwhelmingly squished and crunched. You know, like it's just not great. So stripping it back to the basics. That's why I went to hardware. 
Like, yeah. we've, like, we've flown around from like life to... I oh, know, but this is to, great. This, yeah, is, what, this is what it is, isn't it? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but going back to... I wanted to go back... I wanted to get away from computer screens and go back to like some oh. basics. And, and even though I then ended up buying drum machines and synths from one of the most like complicated or most difficult to use manufacturers I mean, but <laughs> but you know they've got life in them they're uh, I've still I'll, I'll be learning them until yeah. know, another 20 years I reckon Well, that's another good point, though, isn't it, about um, keeping your curiosity open, is that actually it is about learning, keeping the attitude of, like, I'm still learning. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I found that that to be a really useful attitude in... Yeah. Well, like we were saying right at the beginning, it's kind of like to give yourself permission to sort of not be great at whatever it is or to yeah. be learnt, to, oh, to failing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you have to have that yeah. kind of attitude, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you, you talked about the uh, the videos I post. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, they're just, they're just, they're just trying to wrap something up. They're just, basically, I thought about this recently. It's like, this is just the process. Like, this is just my process. And I'm just, I pr- sometimes probably, um, I don't know, disregard some of the things I make because I'm just like, okay, that's done. Next thing. And I'm just already thinking about the next thing. Um, But then I want to stay in that point. I don't want to start thinking. And I thought recently, like, oh, I'll put another EP out or something. You know, I I felt like an urge to kind of like the most recent track, just put it out on an EP or whatever. And I thought, no, 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 no. You know, I've got to like, I want to stay in the space where I'm not, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not polishing it. I'm not going, this is what I've done. This yeah, is yeah. I want to stay in the space where it just, it's about play and it's about, it's about curiosity. It's about just the process more than the, the end result. Yeah. Cause what, I mean, that's the other classic artist thing, isn't it? What is the end result? There is, the, uh, you know, really a piece of art is never finished, is it? So yeah. if you, if you go with that, then, you know, if you're an actual artist, you'd just be sort of sitting there with all your paintings in your barn never showing it to anyone yeah but you know but I really like what you said about how actually it's the next thing that takes your interest that's the only thing that can pull you away from the thing that you're working on yeah so that's obviously when the thing's finished yeah is that your interest has been take has been peaked by the next thing yeah and sometimes for me I I think the thing is finished when when it's like one or two in the morning and I've just got to go to bed (laughs) you know I just I just you know have to just put it aside and I think the way that I work sometimes is kind of certainly with the music is just getting locked in and like really I want to use the word obsessed but maybe it's not quite obsessed but it's getting locked into a flow and just just being sort of driven to get it as done as it can be and then yeah. just move on and then it's almost like I have to kind of 
is the right word expunge or like expel yeah the thing and just yeah get on and then get on with well i else. suppose that also answers the question about where do you get your energy so it's sort of, it's sort of like you don't get bogged down in perfectionism yeah yeah, yeah. so you, so actually in terms of like purpose or curio or, or your word for it curiosity yeah it's about like oh and now what yeah and now what yeah and yeah. now what and that's probably what keeps your energy i think so kind of like you keep these i know I'm, I'm just using these whatsapp groups as a sort of example but it's sort of a bit like oh and yeah and what about this and what about this and it's yeah. sort of like you're constantly ne- ne- oh, the, ne- the next thing yeah. which is so you know that's where the it sounds like that's where your energy is driven by like potential what and what now yeah i think so yeah yeah and because i suppose i mean just thinking about the music still you know i've been trying to do this for 20 years i feel like only in the last few years have I started to really get a feel for it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm sort of not in a rush because I feel like I've got the rest of my life to kind of continue to do this. And I've seen that I've made a little bit more progress in the last few years, and I'm curious to kind of know where that's going to go. Yeah. But I'm not in a rush to get there. Yeah. And I'm not trying to make money with it i'm not trying to do gigs I'm oh so you've taken to... away that whole pressure d- of the artist yeah. as well yeah like recently i have made a little bit of money from on Bandcamp because you're not expecting to because right? i'm not well most of it's i put it at for free and like yeah. pay pay what you want and sometimes people do people do just do it and then but like i i'm really i don't want to think of it as a money thing or well, it's so nice to be able to go that way, isn't it? You know, uh, I mean, I've said it before. Like, I'm, a, you know, I was an actor for years and years and years, and it was actually the industry and the make it, needing to make money out of it yeah. that kind of made me start to hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's actually now I'm kind of I'm sort of dabbling with the idea of going back into it, but yeah. but not as my day job. Yeah. But something that I really just love doing. Yeah. How would, you, of, how would you do it? Well, you know, there's this place in Brighton that kind of, you know, you can go and audition and be in plays that are going on and, Brilliant. you know, and, or, or, or even if I just had ideas of actually I'd like to direct a play, like put a pin to play on or something like that or, wow, wow. you know, and just really get into the, like, I don't need to make money out of this. I don't need yeah. it to be, I don't need to be famous. Yeah. I don't, I just, you know, I'd love, I mean, there is a question as an artist, isn't there about like, uh, what's it for? I want, I, I want people to see stuff. Yeah. I want I want to be not recognised, but I want to be like I want people. I want there to be like a like with your music. You put it on Bandcamp. Yeah. You want people to listen to it and like yeah. it, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. an extra bonus. Of I share it. it. I, I, share, I share it. it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've made peace with that a little bit, but not to come away from what you're saying because I think yeah. I, I mean, I was thinking go for it. It sounds great. Yeah. Like, just to do that to to not yeah to not have to worry about it being the thing that yeah. brings the money in. Um, I think it's a great, great idea to get back in touch with what you love about yeah, it. Yeah, the art. Yeah, the absolutely. art, not the industry. Yeah, because it's always the industry that wrecks the artist. You know, industry. I was even like talking to an agent about, you know, like what would it be like to come back into the industry of acting? And, and she, you know, it was a good conversation because she sort of said, "Well, you know, da da da, you'd have to know that you're available for this and available for that, and da da da." And immediately, I just thought, "Oh my god, I feel like I'd be a prostitute." Yeah, but not. But you would be my pimp. Yeah, <laughs> do you know yeah, what I mean? And it's yeah, like I yeah. don't really want that. It's yeah. like I mean, all uh, you know, you could look at all, everything as sort of what's my level of prostitution yeah, <laughs> in terms of yeah, like what am I yeah. going to sell myself for? And absolutely. And within all of that drudgery and structure and 
angst, I suppose, you've still got to then keep the space for the creativity and getting in touch with exactly. the creativity. And that's what's hard, I think. Exactly. It, it's the same for, I think, I mean, we're jumping around again, but I think it's the same for kind of therapeutic yeah. Yeah. Health, healthcare work. You know, it's, yeah. it's um, you know, working within a system that is constantly yes. squeezing. And, you know, I'm thinking very much about, you know, the NHS for all its... Um, you know, glory. Yeah, it's uh, you know, still trying to keep that protected space for the maybe dare I say the art of what you're trying to do. I and the... agree completely. Yeah. Like, I've like you know the fact that we're sitting here having conversation. I see this as an artistic project that we're yeah. we're both collaborating on right now. Yeah. All right. So why is therapy any different than that? Yeah. You know, it's like, but if I start to believe that I'm the expert and you're the client, and it's like then everything dries up pretty quick yeah you know and the yeah. juice goes absolutely so is everything an artistic and you know that's how i choose to see it yeah you know yeah and other people might see it in a different way or whatever but how do you keep the eros yeah alive yeah you know the spark it, the spark <laughs> absolutely what was it there was a thing there was a thread um oh there was a thread that i didn't want to drop but i dropped it Oh. Uh, you were talking about the art, the... Can we rewind? Well, I mean, yeah. we can't actually rewind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there was of, course, a, of course we can, yeah. A thread. Oh, I think it was with... This might not have been it, but it's one that's come to my mind. Yeah. But just about sharing. I think, yeah, you were talking about being recognised oh, yeah, in yeah, some yeah. way. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I think I've... Certainly when it's come to, like... I think I share a lot of stuff like because I remember when I went to med school I uh the very first year I was like super excited to get involved in all the university groups and like mm. all this kind of stuff and uh and I think a few years before in the like within a couple of years before going to med school I got really headlong into music and electronic music and Remember Marianne Hobbs? And, yeah. Well, she's still going, but her Breeze Block show was all about experimental, often electronic music. Mm -hmm. And I got so into all of that, and I thought, yeah, I really want to do like a, you know, a music show for the university radio. Like, you know, I really want to, you know, share some of this stuff and just like put this music out and you know, do what Marianne Hobbs is doing in a way. And and uh, and so I went to the I went to the Freshers stall. Um, of the university radio show I introduced myself and said oh I'd be really interested in doing a show and the, and the people behind the store they were like ah great we've got our newsreader and I was just like what <laughs> this is incredible like, I just I felt so annoyed and never went back and just gave up on the idea completely but oh. you know I, I think because I think because maybe I was, I don't know, maybe I had a bit of a voice for it, like a neutral voice, and I looked all smart because oh, I was no. my first day. You totally you know, miscast me. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> what? No, I want to do an experimental music show. But um, So I feel... They I weren't think, ready for you. No, no, God, no. <laughs> but that, the reason I, this popped into my mind is that I think, um, you know, I, I think for me, and again, maybe this this isn't a therapy session, but like... I think I've always had this desire to share a, a part of me that hasn't really been expressed yeah. so much. And I, when I was at university, I kind of made a website that was called The Right Brain with a friend, my friend Paul, you mm -hmm. know. Oh, yeah, Paul, yeah. Um, so we uh, we made this website in 2002, which was um, 
an online art gallery for healthcare professionals. No, okay. no, social media kind of oh, really right, swept yeah, it yeah, away yeah. and everyone's, you know, can just post on their own social media sites. But it was kind of a space for the, you know, creative expression and healthcare professionals because I thought my experience of med school was that there wasn't any space at all for creativity at that time. And maybe I was wrong. Maybe there was... There's the science with science. Yeah, it's facts. It's left-brained. <laughs> it's yeah. science. It's, yeah. you know... And the creativity, I came to realize is in the work and in the you know the interactions and the contact with right. people and, the, and who you are and who you are yeah. and how you think and all of that stuff that's where the creativity is but I didn't feel it at the time and, mm-hmm. and so I think you know a lot of my I've sh- I share a lot of music and I can't help it because I just really yeah like, if I listen to something and I think it's amazing I just want more people to listen to it but I think there's also been in my life a part of me that's kind of wanted to go i'm not just that guy i'm this guy yeah kind of also love this stuff and this is what really excites me and like just wanting to yeah just wanting to share that stuff um but with my music now as well you know i've kind of had times where i thought why am i doing this it's like it's a lot of energy it's a bit of money buying the gear it takes time away from you know family sometimes yeah. and it, it does get in it does stop me doing other things i know i need to do like essential life admin you know i kind of just <laughs> yeah. you know i get locked into a groove doing it. So why am i doing this but i think um and sharing it as well you know i'm not i sometimes think god I, it's a little bit like i'm i'm it's a little bit like oh look what i've made you know look what but I've that, done. that's fantastic you know because imagine if it wasn't there as well like what yeah. like life would be life admin right it would be all my family. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I think what I think what I'm hearing you say is like a bit like you know this is the sort of juice that keeps me keeps me flowing, and also it shows these aspects of me that uh, you don't box don't box me in as Mister yeah. Science newsreader newsreader. Yeah. I, I you know uh, listen to this. Yeah. You know yeah. that that gives yeah. you an idea of actually that we are you know we have all these different aspects to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I've always had this tension between and massive oversimplification, but you know right brain left brain kind of stuff, and I think I've very much followed a very left brained path in for the majority of my life, and uh, I think. Yeah, I think it's just it's it's uh, keeping things in balance um, back to a bit of, I don't know, hemispheric balance or Jungian yeah. kind of stuff. It's just trying to keep yeah. it in balance. And um, yeah, I've, re- I've, I've thought recently, I kind of, I just need to be creative. Yeah. Just if I, if I don't do something creative, whether it's photography or writing totally or, or music, or if, or if I'm not listening to music, if I'm not indulging in something creative for an extended period, then either there's something wrong with me and maybe I'm a bit depressed or something yeah. or or if I don't do it because other things are happening then I will get a bit depressed because yeah. I just can't I'm not I'm yeah. not expressing or engaging with the thing that really keeps me alive so um yeah we might have got to a bit of purpose <laughs> thanks man it's really good to talk to you are we done? Well, I think so. I mean, you know, I think we've covered a lot. We have covered a lot. I mean, is there something else you feel? There were so many threads. Well, exactly. We probably, you know, we probably do part two. Let's come back and do it again. <laughs> Thanks. It's been real fun. I can't believe the time has passed. It's been brilliant, mate. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right, man. Cheers, Greg.
So there we go, Dr. Graham Campbell and myself having an interesting conversation. Well, I, I thought it was interesting. I hope you thought it was interesting. And what a lovely guy. I mean, you know, he's so big hearted, so uh, big spirited. And uh, I really thank you, Graham, for coming along and uh, bringing the Emerging Purpose podcast back with a bang. And um, I've got a lot of guests lined up. I'm not going to tell you who they are just in case I have to disappoint you, but I'm really looking forward to interviewing some really interesting people. It was so upsetting last week. I had a really long conversation with a good friend of mine who's a award-winning photographer. I won't say his name because I'm really hoping he'll come back and and do the do another interview uh, because we got through an hour and a half of incredible conversation and uh, interesting chat about artistic desire and creativity. But guess what? I didn't record it because the card corrupted in the machine. So he was very circumspect about it. And we basically said, well, thank you for that therapy session. Let's do it again in a couple of weeks. So I'm hoping to get him back as soon as possible. I'm sure he will come back and then then he'll be on the next episode. Anyway, people, I'm going to wish you lots of love. And remember, just be kind to people. Take your love out there. Open your hearts up. Be as kind as you can to other people. You don't know what's going on in other people's lives. And let's just try and spread the love. Yeah? Should we do that? Yeah. Let's just spread the love, man. Let's do it. And I'll see you next time. Lots of love. Bye. Bye.